Hello there, listener. Thanks for tuning in to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. This is Andrew. And Tiffany. And we are bringing this thing to you from the road. We're currently in Hayden Island, Oregon, which is just outside of Portland. We are uh, we're doing it. We're on the road recording podcasts, meeting people, and having a good time. We just got back from, uh, where were we? Astoria. Astoria, Oregon, hanging out with our buddies Paul and Jesse, who... Um, Man, they, they're great musicians. They're cool people. They took us all around. They were wonderful hosts. We're so grateful to have uh, been able to spend some time with them. Uh, and we recorded them playing some music, which will hopefully make it into future podcasts. Their uh, beautiful bossa nova is, is coming to you at some point. Not, unfortunately, on this episode. However, on this episode, we've got... Ellie and Christina. Ellie and Christina. They're mama and mommy, or mom and mama. They're two moms. Who, uh, who made some babies in a non-traditional way. Um, I promise this is not going to turn into a parenting podcast. We've got a bunch of other things coming to you. We've uh, interviewed four guys who are running and operating a legal pot farm here outside of Portland. We talked to a really cool entrepreneur who makes uh, cargo bicycles uh, called Extra Cycle. Super, super cool. That stuff's coming down the pipe. But in the meantime, this is our last podcast from home. We, uh, we met with Christina and Ellie in their home, I don't know, about a week or so, uh, actually right before we left, maybe a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were kind enough to, t- enough to tell us their story, which I think you'll like. Um, I liked it. I liked it too. I yeah. think you'll like it as well. They're, they're great parents. They're, they've got beautiful children who are really sweet. We also met, Pele met one of them very intimately, and you'll hear about that. <laughs> Um, you know, Pele is, he's definitely made out of dog. So you'll hear a bit about that. We are maybe not great parents, which is why we're doing podcasts about parenting and not making babies <laughs> out of uh, real material. So uh, with that, I just want to say, first of all, thank you, all you new listeners, all you new folks who have come to us via Dr. Christopher Ryan's podcast, Tangentially Speaking. Um, man, how sweet it is to have all this support. You guys have written us beautiful emails, had great suggestions, offered us hospitality. Uh, we actually did spend time at, a, at that legal pot farm thanks to uh, Dr. Christopher Ryan and met some really great guys and uh, had, a, had a good time. So yeah, thank you and welcome to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. Uh, but the OG listeners, the people who've been there with us from the beginning, mm-hmm. <laughs> way back 11 episodes ago, <laughs> Uh, man, it just, it really, it really helps that you are supporting us by listening. Uh, all those reviews we've gotten have been tremendously helpful. Um, but it's the folks who are giving us that cash, that money. And I, look, we're not greedy people, but this shit is expensive. And I'll tell you, we're on Hayden Island at the moment because we needed repairs to our sweet vehicle. And, uh, if you know anything about Mercedes or Sprinter vans, it is not cheap to mess with. So uh, thank you very much for supporting us. Yes, thank you very, very much. Everybody has been incredibly kind, and we are feeling the love, and we are loving it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
yeah, we're going to try to bring you good stuff. Uh, we're doing our best. So, yeah, with that, uh, Christina and Ellie talking to you about being um, being moms times two to children that are uh, amazing. Uh, Christina is a, a very talented lady. You'll hear about. Uh, she, I don't know that they really talk about what they do for a living, but uh, Christina is um, she's a executive publishing director at uh, at Chronicle Books, and uh, she's doing some really cool stuff with art and food and culture lifestyle and Ellie um, Ellie's of just she's a mom she's at home taking care of them kids and doing a great job raising so, them right raising them right indeed uh, I'm, I'm honored and privileged to be able to speak with them so uh, I, I really thank them for being uh, gracious and letting us be in their home and ask them personal questions which we certainly did absolutely and, and you'll hear the uh, the absolute borders of my knowledge on this subject i'm a total <laughs> moron and clearly know nothing uh, about being a mom or being a person at all anywhere so uh, i'm very grateful for their their information uh that's all we're going to give you we're going to bring it right to you uh christine and ali tiffany you want to say anything else love to you all out there thanks for tuning in and listening and we hope to see you on every other episode too oh and uh if you don't get to see us in person along the road you can check us out at mtp.dog or on instagram at monkey tooth podcast or on facebook at monkey tooth podcast or on linkedin not happening <laughs> just kidding <laughs> fuck linkedin okay i hope you guys enjoy this episode have fun bye 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 So how far back shall we go? Like Ellie and I met in 2001. What's, yeah. the, uh, what's yeah. the story you want? I think it's 2000. Yeah. Oh, two, you're right, 2000. It does not have to it's be funny. linear. It's totally fine. It's totally, it's totally fine. And then this happened and then yeah. this happened. Yeah. Well, so uh, I guess real quick, I'll explain how we even know you. Uh, you, Christina, and I, Andrew, met in 99 or 98. 99. 99 in Brooklyn, New York. Um, your uh, best friend, Susan, had a uh, bad taste in men and, uh, <laughs> and allowed me to come around the house. And uh, it was really cool to meet all you guys because you were older than I am and uh, smarter, a little bit more switched on. By about two years, I think. Maybe one year. <laughs> yeah, but think of the, di- than you. the distance between yeah. 18 and 20 is kind of, you know. And crazy. being a male 18-year-old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a male 18-year-old from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. yeah. and meeting some hip West Coast older gals. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, wow, I've, I've really you know hit the jackpot of like this intellectual hub of smart people. You guys worked in... The internet, like, 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 man, they've got to be, got to be hip. So anyhow, you and I uh, knew each other through, through Susan. And um, since I've moved from Brooklyn, I've not seen you in nearly 20 years. And uh, we've just recently reconnected and uh, have sicked our dog on one of your children. Luckily, neither has rabies. Yeah, neither of them. Your, your kid, <laughs> Though there was a scare there for a yeah. second. <laughs> Mercifully, your kid did not give our dog rabies. Um, and yeah, so that's how that's how we know you. That's the quick, the quick and easy, right? So right. I leave anything important out. The Sonoma <laughs> Department of Health really brought us together. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's 
we can, I guess, start maybe from there. I mean, if you want to, yeah, I am always curious, and I, I, this may be a super typical question, but like, did you, how did you both, did you know really early on that you liked women, or did you know, like, how did you figure that out? I knew really early on. You did? Yeah. Where did you, did you grow up in California as well? No, Washington State. Washington State. Yeah, just outside Seattle. Um, yeah, it was something that I was not comfortable with for a long time and pretended I wasn't gay. And then as soon as I got to college and it was away from my community, I was like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then was like out for sure since then. Great. And for me, no, I was older when I, like in college, I started to think, oh, wait, maybe that's a possibility, but it wasn't even fully, I thought it was a possibility when I met Ellie, but still it was, I wasn't like, I'm out and gay at that time. Yeah. Um, I had to ask your roommate if you were gay or I said, she's definitely straight, right? And she said, don't be so sure. (laughs) So my my friends knew like, oh, well, Christina would consider. And in fact, Susan, the um, how I know you monkey tooth, monkey (laughs) teeth people, um, is that uh, she said, Susan said, yeah, if I were gay, I would totally go out with Ellie. And I was like, I don't know. She's so cool. She seems like... (laughs) Which in uh, hindsight is hilarious. um, Your other... Wait, I wanted to say something else about your question, though, about did we know uh, or did I know? Oh, but Ellie's... um, How Ellie and I met is that... So her high school prom date, this guy, Jordan, um, also turned out to be gay, Hmm. but they were cute prom date together. Um, And then of both not yet out, but enjoying each other's company. And then, um, not in that way, but then, um, Jordan went to Stanford with me and Susan and Jordan and I became friends and, um, and both were creative writing people. And then, uh, when Ellie moved in with him in Brooklyn, he brought her by the apartment on the first day that Ellie had moved into town. Oh, wow. So Susan and I were home. I had broken my leg. And so... I remember that. Yeah. You had a big, gigantic cast on. I had a sad... Yeah, I broke my leg ice skating in Central Park. Yeah. And... um, Which was terrible. This is sort of a side note. But anyways... It was great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In Woolman Rink, Central Park, I broke my leg ice skating. It's okay. Come on in. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is your home. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Christina's mom just busted us doing. Yeah, exactly. So there it doing was. Doing a podcast. We got busted. <laughs> and um, and I we were playing follow the leader. Susan and other friends were among the gang, and then um, I slipped and fell. It was doing a triple axel, and then um, well, somebody saving. else also. She, somebody else had also slipped and fallen. So she had hurt, broken her wrist. So oh. we carpooled in an wow. ambulance because New York, that yeah. even in an ambulance, you're carpooling <laughs> yeah. with someone. Um, I didn't know you could do that. So yeah. You fit two yeah. people in there? Yeah. Huh. It, I mean, we weren't like super badly injured. Right, right. But the people were like, oh, we're going to have to carry you across snow. Can't you walk? And I was like, uh, I don't know. It feels kind of like something's. You know, bad inside. Broken. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but the other woman was like really screaming, and I wasn't. So, um, fuerte. Yeah. Tough. So they were like, I "You see. can walk," and I was like, oh, "Um, yeah. no, yeah. I can't." Um. So, anyways, 
Okay. So I had a broken leg. Yes. And Jordan and Ellie came over to our apartment in Brooklyn. And that's the first time you met Ellie? And that's the first time we met. And Susan and I were joking around and maybe had, I don't know. Close your ears, Nan. Yeah, no. <laughs> Anyways, so we were um, maybe drunk or not. And then um, <laughs> and then Ellie was like, who are these people? They are so weird. I don't know. Jordan, there are a couple of fruitcakes. And uh, so anyways, fast forward that summer, um, Ellie would often go out to Jones Beach with my friends. And then, but for me, it was an opportunity for me to like, Oh, thank God, all my millions of roommates are going somewhere else. I finally have the apartment to myself. Mm. And then finally I started going to. So she was friends with all my roommates before me. Yeah. And then. Um, and they were all delightful people. But maybe my ulterior motive in inviting people to the beach was to hang out with Christina. So every time I was like, ah. <laughs> These guys again yeah. only. But they're pretty Shucks. awesome. Well, so that, that answers a question for me because when I met you, I did not know that you were gay. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, and we, Susan and I had invited each other to like our company parties and stuff. So yeah. other people thought I was gay and often was, with they Susan. thought I was with Susan. Yeah. We both had short hair and <laughs> I don't know if that was a key indicator, but, um, <laughs> apparently, yeah. But then, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't totally like confirmed in my mind yet. Sure. Until, da da da, Ellie. Da, da. Um, <laughs> um, Ellie invited a few friends, including Jordan, the connector guy, um, to her great grandparents' house in the Hudson River Valley, mm-hmm. and that is where the magic happened. Yeah, um, yeah. So the sm- one small part of story of it was that um, our friend Michelle was there. And this house had is like expansive and has tons of rooms. So you could really, each person could have had their own room. But, and my friend Michelle was like, hey, Christina, do you want to come down, share this room with me? Every room had single beds. The, then the house is a bit spooky too. So like, oh, really? it sort of makes sense to yeah. be with a friend. Please don't make me stay in here alone. Yeah. <laughs> and my reason was, well, I, I had noticed that Ellie had been on the third floor room. Yeah. And I was like, well, I already left my pajamas in the room upstairs. So, I mean. It would be way too hard, obviously, <laughs> to move with my weak little arms to move my pajamas downstairs yeah. to join my friend Michelle. So instead, was upstairs at Ellie. All right. So we know your uh, your gay superhero origin story. So. <laughs> yeah. There's one more detail that oh, we um, that I don't know why I feel compelled to share this, but I think it's hilarious. Is that pre-romance, um, there was like a moment before anything happens. And I knew that I wanted to keep hanging out and I was not ready for us to just like pretend to fall asleep. So instead I brought out this large photographic um, collection of old uh, barns. And I was like, Christina, we should huh. look at this book like together. the barns of New England. <laughs> <laughs> the most compelling reading you'll ever, yeah. and romantic reading for you'll ever find. For, yeah, for 23-year-olds. Hot barns. Is that book still there? I think so. I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny, too, because the room we were in is sort of a room that my aunt, who I adore, um, typically like hangs out in. And so I think... She, 
how did this end up? Remember the marshmallows on match oh. six? You drew faces on them or something? I might have made marshmallow people that had little <laughs> out of mini marshmallows and oh. match sticks. And then drew faces on them. And then we left them in her room. And so my aunt found them the next time she happened to come to the house. And she was like, what is this all about? <laughs> what is this? But it was like a nice artifact of That's great. that moment. Was Wait, no, this is way personal, but is that your first lady kiss? Me, no. No. And okay. Ellie, no, either. So, well, definitely not you. You were out and proud. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah Ellie was out and proud and like yeah. leading the LGBTQ group <laughs> at her college. Right. On. Oh, really? That's cool. Me, I worked on the queer magazine at my college, but wasn't out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like more involved than I was. I'm going to chip in. I'm just super literary, okay? Yeah. I, just, I want to be on the administrative side of this whole gay thing. I'll let you know if I'm going to, you know. If I'm going to get both order. my toes in. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, all right, but that's pretty, I mean, those are early days for you coming out. Like, you came out with her. Like, yeah. Like, you were like, okay. I mean, I had, like, I don't know, experimented with other ladies earlier, but, I mean, Ellie was my first really serious relationship. Yeah. That's amazing. Was it your first serious relationship, you know, period? or there was, like, one with a guy before this is getting really personal. I'm thinking of my coworkers <laughs> listening to this. Anyways, but um, hi, coworkers. But, the, uh, but his friend joked like, with the guy that I had dated, like, so Christina, how does it feel to date a lesbian about that guy? Because he was really, anyways, some of the cliches of lesbians. The guy was. So that had been my dating experience, like yeah, my like biggest long term. Like <laughs> He was like super emotional oh. and really huggy. Oh. Um, I see. I, gotcha. I see. And one funny detail is that the guy who made the joke about the lesbian is actually married to Michelle, who's the yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we're all college friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I what... love those relationships yeah. that stay together. Yeah. Like so, through really so sweet. many years. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of hard to maintain, but I love that it. You know, you can still have that throughout the years. Like, you can go back east and see all your friends that you knew, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. You know, they're still there and you're still friends. It's it's amazing. It really is. And especially like that, we lived in, um, all, for me, a bunch of those people lived in the college co-op. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of us, we didn't know what we wanted to do when we grew up, but we knew we wanted to be together. So we moved to New York together. That's how all my roommates ended up moving to New York together, like without wow. jobs, you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And then we did. And then, you know, with those old friends that like, you know, it's such a, I don't know, critical, pivotal time with your friends that like, that you're always bonded to them. So every time I go to New York, we all get together. In this world of shit. It shines all over, must take over and see us through the night. Daddy was a troubled genius. Mama was a Nothing stays the same forever. It can always get worse. So with that, uh, let's <laughs> talk. <laughs> no. uh, on a we, positive note. On a positive note. So you guys did, um, you took it all the way. You we got, took it all the way. You've taken it further than Twice. she and I have taken it. Is that what you mean? Well, yes. that we've had children. But what I really meant was that we 
got married twice. You got married So we twice. got married in 2006. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Uh, Where? Right here at, in my family's backyard. Oh, so nice. Cool. I have five sisters and four out of five have gotten married. Uh, yeah, here. Like in the side yard? Yeah, right in the backyard. That's and great. the one who didn't got divorced, so I don't know. You know, like... <laughs> so it was kind of a thing that in my family got married yeah. here, had the reception here. Um, but then it wasn't legal at that time. And so that... Um, our ceremony was really super long. And I think in part because it was like, we need to make this so intentional and make it so explicit why we're getting married not that our friends all needed to hear you know they they got it but i think even for ourselves too like why are we choosing right. this tradition yeah. and um and also maybe because i'm an editor I don't know, it was like a lot of <laughs> talky talk and yeah. writing at the ceremony and then in 2008 we were one of the um there were 17,000 couples in the state of california and the state of california that got married and we were of those it was between june and november okay so there was a certain when prop eight happened in november and then made it not legal but there was this period of time when people could get married Mm -hmm. and so we got married at that time at city hall the other awesome part about getting married twice to the same person was that then like the second time around i mean we knew we were already like this works out our parents already know each other the like you know there's it was just like it was kind of anyway you could really had a reception yeah (laughs) Can Did I, anybody come to, was it just you two? Um, yeah, Hall? some of our friends came okay. too. Can I share the story, the joke that my mom made? Oh God, please. <laughs> yes. Please. Please. <laughs> so my mom is um, a fan of the puns and also maybe like me can be a little socially awkward. And so um, she came up with this joke, which is that because gay people come out that you don't have in-laws you have outlaws and so she was really proud of herself she came up to liz and said i don't know what to call you in-law outlaw and like waited for the like drum beat and christina's mom very wanly was smiled and was like uh-huh. <laughs> my mom had been building it up for so long she's like Aww. this is my moment <laughs> this joke is gonna kill me yeah. that's really cute oh, though yeah. that's great that's really sweet i, I want to ask um you said you did a lot of editorial work on yeah. what it meant for you to be married, you know, to take that, like, uh, f- for us, you know, we look at, we looked at our wedding as something for someone else, you know, the mm-hmm. celebration, the ceremony of it, it's more for your family than it is necessarily for the two of us. But we can, we have the, I don't know, uh, advantage of being able to take it for granted that we could get married and we didn't we took it serious and that it was a bond for us and that it meant a lot but the actual ceremony we looked at it as this is something for our family to observe that okay i'm serious i'm not gonna not taking off (laughs) we're together for good now um but what when you said you had a lot of editorial sort of tweaking of it what did it mean for you guys to be married other than just like okay you know we're filing our taxes together and Mm-hmm. We're going to make a family. What What was... At that point, we were not filing our taxes together because the federal government right. actually right. didn't allow it at that time, even yeah. though... So we actually had to... It really Fudge made taxes it. really difficult, just as an aside, that yeah. you, because the state of California oh. it was legal, but in uh, the United States of America, it was not. So yeah. that was not a reason to get married. Sure. But the reasons... I mean, to really answer your question, um, we had a mission statement for our wedding. Mm-hmm. It was to share our love with the people we love. So it, 
it was for other people, but it was also for us Mm -hmm. to be able to share that. Um, And it was kind of nice to come back to that mission statement to be like, wait, why are we doing this? How are we making these decisions that we want? And I was the last one of my five sisters to get married. So on my side of the family, there was also freedom about like, do what you, you know, my mom's like, I've been through a lot of weddings. Do whatever you want. Like, make it yours. Maybe it's a circus. You guys are nutty, you know? But, um, um, Third time's a charm. I want a circus wedding. Done. (laughs) That's a great idea. You're welcome. How many years have we been married? At our 20th anniversary, we can have a circus. Circus Um, We asked a bunch of our um, family members to contribute to the wedding. So like my mom wrote about, um, wrote and spoke about family Mm. um, and the importance of showing up and commitment. Um, we sort of, we asked people to talk about what was important to each one of them and so what was picked. important to us. Yeah. Or did you give we them We worked topics? together. We okay. worked together on it. Um, and so that too was, you know, sort of like the process of putting together the ceremony was also like kind of confirming, affirming with our family members about what this meant. Yeah. Um, Ellie's mom wrote a poem. Ellie's dad read a poem by Wendell Berry. Two of my sisters read from a book that my dad... So my dad wrote a book, and he wasn't alive Mm. at the time that we were married. But his book was called A General Theory of Love. Oh, that's cool. And it's really about the biology and psychology of attachment. It's really an amazing book. Is that available for sale? Yes. In fact, it's available for free at our house. Oh, (laughs) Yes, so we will get you one. Where can people listen to this get it? Is that a thing? Um, Amazon, anywhere else, sorry, or any place where great books are sold is um, a general, sorry, a theory. general theory of love. Sounds great. And what I love what the was title. his name? Fari Amini, okay. A-M-I-N-I. And, um, but what was I saying? Oh, the quote that I liked that they read was about um, who we are depends in part on who we love. Like that actually physically your brain and neural networks change based yeah. on your attachment with other people. Yeah. So I who you are that, and who yeah. you become depends on who you love. Yeah. Um, You're writing your story as you go. Yeah. And yeah, who you write into it. Right. And with in relationship it. with that person. Yeah. Um, what else? We had some of our friends contribute to the ceremony. We had um, my, our. Ellie has one sister. I have five sisters. The, each one of the sisters gave a wish for us. And yeah, some of my nice. sisters really don't like public speaking, but <laughs> they got behind it and did it. Um, so I guess that was, and what I meant by like, like that we really, like we didn't take the, oh, we're going, we're having a church wedding also didn't would make sense because we're religious, not religious, but you know, and where you just sort of like, okay, we'll just cookie cutter it. Like right. we made, we were very intentional about the things that were said yeah. and shared. So what that says to me is it's exactly like everyone else's experience. You know, I mean, I don't mean to discount it. I mean, like as much as intentional and as um, tailored to, to you two specifically, what, what I kind of wanted to highlight is that it is just the same. It's a love. It's a, it's a commitment. It's a marriage. It's two people coming together, which is the essence of every marriage mm-hmm. and every ceremony like that. I mean, it's, it's always going to be unique to the couple. And it doesn't matter if it's two guys, two girls, a guy in a rock, whatever it is. That commitment. The guy uh, in the rock might not be the same. Because but... there's not as much participation from the rock. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> 
dare you? How dare you say that? I can't Just, believe. Know. Open your mind, Christina. Jeez. I guess though, I do think it is different in that there wasn't assumed. There wasn't at that time an assumed road. It wasn't like we could just be like, or at least I felt like more kind of pressure to. Um, I don't really like ex- not explain, but kind of of like this is what our wedding means. Did you feel like you had to justify? Maybe that's the word I was looking for. Maybe a tiny bit, not mm-hmm. to like my friends, maybe to myself even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I know that some of my sisters um, or friends had weddings where they, you know, the pastor gets up and says something, and then they're not that religious, but whatever. It's the thirteen minute, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of, you know cookie cutter wedding done then you celebrate and it is about the marriage is about kind of all the same things like right. we're just as boring as any other married couple <laughs> but, the but the ceremony i felt like was a little different sure do you think i totally agree that it was we had to sort of explicitly state our case for why we wanted to participate in this institution when we didn't have to and that probably yeah. was helped you to just as much as like saying it out loud for everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Did you feel that way? Like, oh yeah, I mean, I felt like for maybe older generations of people that were there or family members that it was, um, you know, it seems kind of kooky to be like, I'm going to a gay wedding. So like, why? Yeah, I felt. I mean, I felt like a responsibility to sort of explain, articulate why we were doing this. Mm-hmm. And even as a gay person, why do I want to be part of this um, institution? Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. That's that's one thing I, I spoke about with our friend Peter, the, the guy from Denmark. It's like, to me, like for us to get married, that's always just been an option. It's been on the yeah. table. That's um, almost always been expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Between straight couples, like, well, you're going to get married, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For one of the things that I always thought was cool about gay couples is, well, there's no expectation of marriage. You're just free to experience a cornucopia of all the things you enjoy. Right. All the clubs look fun. Everybody's fit and happy. And then the, the other stereotype <laughs> is that like you're not going to have to have kids and you're not going to have to get married. So like when gay couples do choose to like get married and then have kids, I think of anybody that like deserves it and should be like first in line to be like raising kids and making a family. The people who really choose it in spite of all the other fun just like all straight people <laughs> Andrew, it seems all, like you're having some regrets here. All, all straight people just picture like you're on you're at ibiza just rocking out there's like techno music in the background everybody's tan not all like, wow like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, tiffany's a no that's that. the vision of all gay all gay people to straight people are just like <laughs> party yeah i'm joking, I'm joking. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we gotta go clubbing more. Yeah, it's my major take home. We don't go clubbing anymore either. I never (laughs) clubbed, but no. To be serious, you guys do have you know this sort of. um, I can see your point. I mean, the the phrase "gay" that that was even put on you meant just like happy, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, it morphed from just being like Flintstones having a gay old time Mm -hmm. to well, you like the same sex person. So there's got to there clearly is some tether to happiness. Mm in in the gay experience you know and you guys are i feel like there's a lot of happy that's awesome yeah, <laughs> first well, of all that's awesome um, stereotypically happy yeah. yeah i like that i think that one thing that i think is kind of interesting is how um it feels like our generation maybe especially is picking domesticity and kind of um i know there's like a critique of gay life that 
you know, like, why would you want to ape traditional structures? Like, mm. part of being gay is rejecting that, you know, nuclear family or, like, radical politics, you know, enables you that you don't have to partner if you don't want to. Right. But I think the other thing is, like, family culture. Both of us come from families with two grown-ups and kids and um, that that feels most comfortable to us. Um, and yeah, again, not saying one way or the other is correct, but, uh, it's interesting to think about gay marriage as being like a, a choice for normalness or something. Do you understand my point? I do. Yeah. That you would necessarily, you're not necessarily choosing normalness. You're just choosing what feels comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what hmm. I'm getting out of what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not sure. And that it's sort of like your that part of your family's culture or our family's cultures are being in strong relationships. Like the even if what was modeled for us was husband and wife, the like two parent family right. and with kids. You both appreciated yeah. that and, and wanted that for yourselves. Yeah. Right. And no then I think who or whoever yeah. you marry, that's what you wanted. And that I think too that that then for me, it was like, I always wanted kids. That was always like the thing. It was just, I don't know. I felt like that was assumed. What about you, Ellie? Did you always want kids? I've always loved kids and loved playing with kids. But um, I think like when I was in high school, one of my friends told me that, you know, we we're all going to grow up to be like our parents. And I was totally shocked. It's like, oh, God, so boring and suburban. And now I'm like, they have a pretty good life. And I have a <laughs> yeah. pretty similar life to them now. <laughs> Don't you um, love how those things just come right around yeah. to you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, about kids, I mean, so sort of diving into the uh, family choice, our birth story, that, um, yeah, I've always loved kids, but never felt compelled or interested in being pregnant, per se. So, for example, Christina's nephew, Toby, who's 14 now, 15? 14. 14. Um, he was a little guy when I started grad school, so 2004 or three when he was born. So he was so fun to be around and I loved him and I loved playing with him. Um, but I always felt like I could connect with kids without being related to them. And yeah. so in part, I think when we were trying to figure out how we wanted to make our family, that I didn't feel like I needed to be the birth mom for any of those reasons. sisters situation and like I would be pregnant that would be what would happen I wanted that and listeners this podcast can't see us but I feel I'm more kind of 
I don't know, stereotypically femme and Ellie's more stereotypically butch in terms of our <laughs> appearance. I don't know. Somehow that made a difference, though, of like our... I would not say butch. Yeah. You wouldn't? No. No, not at all. Oh. I Mm-mm. think Christina maybe passes for straight. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? Maybe. Yeah. Is maybe. That, how is that related to the... I think Ellie is like edgy. Oh, ed- Ellie mm-hmm. is edgy. Yeah. I think you Ellie would be more... What am I? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's edgy and straight. Yeah, there's edgy and straight. (laughs) (laughs) There's straight edge. I I want to edit this. Um, I I think you come across to me as like a very, like, I'm not saying you're not, but I get more creativity um, from you, Christina. Mm -hmm. And I get like, and I know you're very creative too, but I just get more like edgy, sparky. Like you both compliment each other. Like, Thanks. And listeners can't know. see, but Christina has a shaved head with a no, pink mohawk. <laughs> no, no. I think the, uh, I don't know where I was trying to go. I just wanted to be pregnant. That was yeah. where I was really like, <laughs> let me just, that was, I was trying to come up with another reason for it. Like, I don't know. I just, you I just wanted, wanted to it have, seemed you like wanted to have life want, in your yeah. belly. Yeah. And that maybe I did have a, like a small worry that I wouldn't be as connected if I wasn't I the see. birth no. parent. Um, so let's back up. You're, how old are is your oldest? He's eight. He's eight, mm-hmm. and your youngest is five. Five and eight. It's so much fun. Yeah. So uh, nine years ago, you guys Correct. decided we're gonna make we're gonna make people. Mm-hmm. Can you do you want to talk about the mechanics of that? Like, how does that work? Sure. So, and we're lucky that pretty that we decided to have kids and then we're able to, you know, like we, that you just jumped to nine years ago (laughs) without knowing that. But that is true that like we were really pretty lucky that it happened quickly for us. Um, so I always imagined that when you chose a sperm donor, you were like looking through real physical binders of like, like pictures, uh, pictures of men for yeah. some reason that are kind of no. grimy, like the photos yeah, or the binders are <laughs> old. I don't know where I got that idea. Like how I know I feel like I had the same image. I don't know why. I would think so. Like you would, I feel like you would see their like picture, but I guess is yeah. that too too personal to see their picture? So what it really is, if you so um, California Cryobank is the um, is a main um, for it's not just gay couples, any couple right. or people who. Um, need a sperm donor. It's one of the largest ones. So it's somewhere between Amazon and Match.com in terms okay. of like how you find someone. Okay. Is this where you wanted to start? Anyway, so yeah. you, so we started by thinking about, and like I said, it was at, of the decisions who would be pregnant mm-hmm. was a pretty easy one. Like that wasn't didn't feel like a huge negotiation. I know for some other gay couples, it is more. Yeah. Um, so we decided to be pregnant. Then we looked in the in the binders. We looked at the Amazon slash Match.com of finding a sperm donor, and it was like first we started off trying to find Ellie's qualities in the sperm donor. Like, oh, okay, she's a European mutt. She has blue eyes. She's tall, edgy, like edgy, and, so, and yeah, she's super edgy. <laughs> Does that come up in the bio in Sperm Illustrated or whatever? So it's like you can can filter on all those things because, you know, the internet works like that. And, but then we realized, so, and you can't see pictures unless you pay more. Like there's different levels of payment. So you can pay more to see a picture. You can pay more to um, hear an audio recording. But the cool thing is you can really get a lot more um, genetic history than 
um, probably like than I knew about Ellie. I knew yeah. way more about yeah. the sperm donors. Uh, medical history because they have to they go through sure. like a huge screening process so it's i think it's something like one in a thousand or some like really extreme filter on the number of people wow. um because yeah it's not just they don't just take anybody to be a sperm and donor. does it right. even go into like um like their education and what yes. they do for a living mm-hmm. yeah okay. so like our sperm donor like i ended up doing like a okay here's 10 people ellie that I don't know, seemed good, but it, How long it was did like it take for you to narrow it to 10. Yeah, it was a good, and also, <laughs> so, uh, we worked with, a, you know, hospital or fertility clinic when going through the process. And I remember talking to one of the doctors and being like, how do you choose? Like what, what criteria should I even be choosing? Like, is this somebody who I would have dated if they were a man? Is this right. our friend? Is this yeah. Ellie reincarnated? Should I be attracted to their bio? You know, like what's mm-hmm. the, yeah. um, what criteria? And the thing that she said that I thought was helpful was two things. One is imagine you have a kid, they're 15, you're sitting on the couch and you explain to them how you chose. Just like, you know, so like, that makes sense. You know, like think about the future from now and and think about how you're going to explain your choice. And then the other thing she said was, don't take forever doing it. (laughs) Because I'm sure she had seen people really stall out and spin at that stage, at the stage where you're deciding because you're like, oh my God, everything depends upon the genetic. And it's true. Things do. And also, then there's so much else of parenthood. You know, it's sort of like being pregnant. Like, you think, like, oh, my God, the birth. All you can think about when, I don't know, when I was pregnant was, like, how is this birth going to work? But really, like, parenting is so much more than that moment. Yeah. Oof. It's many of those Yeah, yeah. yeah, So... Wait, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, study long, study wrong. So don't don't spend too much time on the, yeah. the process of thinking about it. Yeah. Get in, pick one. So how long did it take? I don't know, a few weeks, a month? Oh, okay. wow. It wasn't so not bad. years. It, it wasn't, no. Okay. Because, again, you your body's getting older, so like your <laughs> chances of getting pregnant are going down the longer you take, I yeah. mean, basically. Yeah. And just um, think of all the people that just get knocked up. You know, they just were out. Yeah at someone else's wedding and they're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> so like, the fact that it took you a couple of weeks, some people it takes I mean, a matter of minutes mm-hmm. and suddenly they've got a, a person. Uh, and they didn't study that person's them. bio at all. Nope. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Like yeah, either one, you know, like you get into their yeah, grandparents' history. Genetic how did they, lottery, how did yeah. they die? What was the, you know, because wow. they want to really screen to make sure that there's no major, they're not a carrier for something. Right. If it's right. Um, if it helps people out there considering um, making children through the sperm bank, I was rejected. I you were rejected. Because like when I was in college, I was trying to think of all different kind of ways to make money without working, and uh, I was like, well, I'm good at this aspect yeah. of work. <laughs> yeah. I can produce this stuff, no problem. Didn't want it. Yeah. I didn't finish college, uh, and I'm uh, weird. And they're like, nope. Yeah. Don't need it. Huh. So pre-vasectomy, yeah. which I've had, uh, highly advocate, <laughs> uh, I was I was not in the market. No one was having me. So huh. you're pretty well protected from weirdos like me being in the gene pool. Right. Spokesperson. And, and, and aside, another aside, my uh, vasectomy was free, which it hurts a little, honestly. Really? They never, yeah, sent, they us never sent us a bill. <laughs> Planned Parenthood. I went there. I was expecting like our insurance would maybe cover some of it. 
I never got a bill. Never heard anything from insurance. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah, they really did not want me in the gene pool. <laughs> yeah, they, totally. This is actually forces for conspiring. This is one on society. So yeah, if you're thinking about you know boycotting Planned Parenthood, think again, people. You might want to send them a check and a thank you. So carry good, on, please. Good I'm message. Sorry. Good message. <laughs> I'd say that in terms of selecting our donor, it felt like once we had found his profile, it felt. For me, the decision was pretty clear and easy. Like, um, that intuitively, it just felt like he was the right person for us. But well, why would you say that? Um, well, there's like details about you know his life that he was a comp lit professor, um, that uh, he had French. Um, background and that his like dream in was it five years was to they ask they ask a series of questions so they make them fill out a like kind of a, a different form and one of them is where would you like to see yourself in five years this hmm? is or the match.com aspect of yes the thing. exactly <laughs> what was his answer that he wanted to have a library in burgundy oh wow well and, he also said he said a, a cool. family a wife and a family and a house in burgundy with a library yeah. and i was like Totally. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we be there? Exactly. Uh, I want to have It was the library in Burgundy yeah. that yeah. really sold us. We're like, yeah, we really know each other. He really loved reading. You know, he, and also his reason um, oh, yeah. that he wanted to be a donor was that he had friends who had had a hard time getting pregnant. So he wanted to help other people. That's which felt really like, cool. That was a pretty... And nobody else's profile you read said anything like that? It felt like we didn't really connect with yeah. any of the other okay. people exactly. And it felt like this person was just, it felt like kind of a, yeah. a diamond shining out amongst yeah. everything else. Good and, combo of erudite and like sweet. Yeah. yeah. And it worked for us. Altruist. I mean, I think yeah. other people have other, like we have yeah. other friends who have made families and they had other criteria or right. low criteria at all. So, cool. um, and you used the same, can you use the same mm -hmm. donor? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what you can do is you buy vials of sperm, okay. but, they, <laughs> but they store them there. So okay. like, cause they're, you know, in whatever special freezer place. Temperature yeah. areas. Yeah. And, um, and so they, you know, you go to a doctor and it's really like a pretty simple procedure. I thought, I mean, like maybe the same as, or less than a pap smear. Oh. Like I've. For, for all those listeners that is yeah I don't know. so it's really know it was it so easy if you're I was lucky and then it was an easy um the whole thing you know like that it didn't take a lot of it with Oscar we got pregnant on the first try with wow. Eloise on the second wow and that is really lucky and it all happens at the doctor's okay, office okay so yeah so they have like the vial and then like a small this is in our circumstance um it's called IUI intrauterine insemination and mm -hmm. so it's like a tiny little tube that they put into your uterus like through your cervix mm -hmm. but it really like I didn't feel it at all I thought there was going to be like a moment when we were going to look into each other's <laughs> eyes and be like this is the moment that's happening and the doctor was like okay you're done and I was like wait what <laughs> And you were there, Ellie? Yeah. 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 But and I didn't the, even hit the cord yet. I was waiting to hit the <laughs> Do you have cord. to have like a period of like rest or anything the rest of the day? Like did they say, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, no, it, I don't I, know how we, it works. I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> a I like cigarette. had my legs up. I don't know. I was doing all kinds of weird superstitious things. Yeah, yeah. But they, they sort of tell you to rest, but yeah. Eat know. pineapple. Yeah, because <laughs> that's good for something. And... Wow. Now did... 
Is there a way, like, did you have a preference if you had a boy or a girl, or is there a way to do that where you can ensure one or the other? I think now that's kind of... I think now it's possible, because I have a friend who has a surrogate, and a gay male couple, and they have a surrogate, and they did something where they knew that their baby, their future baby, is going to be a boy. That's crazy. But for us, we didn't know. Or, I don't know if it wasn't possible, or we didn't do it, but in any case... Yeah. Um, it wasn't until we were at the ultrasound um, that it's like, oh, it's a boy. And like my first response was like, wait, are we going to have to get him circumcised? I don't know how to play baseball. Those are, so it's good we had some like time. I was yeah, glad yeah. to have it not be a surprise because I have five sisters right. and a wife. And even our dog was a girl. So it was like, oh, I am really not familiar yeah. with having a boy. And what he, guys like to do? As far as like grandchildren, was he... How is he we with have lots of boys? We boys have like, him. Okay. There's 12 grandchildren on my side of the family and uh-huh. more boys than girls. Okay. Okay. So, so you had some familiarity yeah, yeah. with being yeah. around yeah. younger boys. Exactly. <laughs> but it was still shocking in the ultrasound when the nurse was like, and there's a scrotum, and there's a scrotum, and there's a scrotum. And you're like, wait, we don't have one of those. <laughs> don't say scrotum. Yeah. Like, I'm uncomfortable with the word. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. That's super cool. So, um, are you done with kids? Yes. No moss. No moss. And they're, it's really highly unlikely it's gonna there's gonna be a surprise, you know, in our situation. Sure. So, um, although Christina was asked that the first time she got pregnant by a colleague, one Edward, of my coworkers who knows me and actually used to assist me, so she like really knows my family, and was like, "Wait, was it on purpose?" I was like, "Yeah, it was really <laughs> on purpose." Like, no, man. <laughs> Let me tell you about last Thursday. We, God, you know, that mixer. It would have been a really Some, bad story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Oof. But, you know, I think it's one of those. It reflected what was going on for other, you know, yeah. for her. It would not have been on purpose if she had yeah. been pregnant at that what moment. What is she feeling yeah. guilty yeah. about? Yeah, exactly. What did you just admit <laughs> in that weird question? <laughs> we won't name her by name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, all right, you've got two beautiful, smart children from the same donor Correct. who've been carried by the same mama. And what I want to know is, and you, you told us a little bit, of, a bit about this the last time, but um, there's mom and mommy? Or how, how are you guys referred to? Who are to, we? To, to, <laughs> how do your kids refer to you? Or, um, Christina and Exactly. <laughs> That'll be soon. Um, we kind of realized that we needed to come up with a difference for Oscar so he could identify us when he was like pre-language. And um, I was mama. I am mama. And El, uh, Christina's mommy. But for a long time, I don't know if everyone does this or it was just us. We refer to ourselves in the third person. So it would be I like... I think everybody... It's a weird parent thing of like, mommy wants you to blah, blah, blah. Mommy says blah, blah, blah. But when you've got... Two mommies? Then it just became like double weird because who am I talking about? Am I talking about myself or yeah. am I talking about my wife? Like, right. 
And also we were like sleep deprived. So I feel like there were multiple moments where I'd be like, Oscar, mommy said to do this, but mama really wants to do this. And then mommy said this. And it was just like becoming yeah. mush. He's like, I'm just a child. Yeah. It's just me and my scrotum here trying to figure things out. Just I think take it Oscar easy. figured it out first. Yeah. I mean, he was the one who really like solidified. We sort of had it. It was like floating around. He told you what he was going to do. You're mama. You're mommy. Okay. And like, and we, oh yeah. Okay. Okay, we're, we're okay. on board with that. Out yeah. of the mouth of babes. Yeah. That's cool. That's so cool. And it's interesting, too, because sometimes when I'm in public with them, um, people will say to them, oh, are you helping your mommy with the groceries? And, like, there were certainly moments when they'd be like, she's not my mommy because I'm <laughs> the mama. Yeah. And so it would, like, result in a funny <laughs> confusion. And now they just, like, shoot me a look, like, I understand what's happening. I don't need to say anything, but there's like a eye roll. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some vaudevillian skit, like who's on first. Yeah, exactly. Well, mommy's in the store, but mama's here with the. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like, um, I mean, that's something else that's interesting about our structure is I feel like our kids think it's hilarious when people ask like, Oh, are you going to go play baseball with your dad? And they're like, we don't even have a dad. I mean, that's crazy because we're really clear and careful that they have a donor and the donor's okay. not part of our family. And they have two, well, they think they have three parents because of Christina's mom, but we live yeah. with my mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the dad is not part of the picture for them. Yeah. And they feel, I think, I mean, maybe I could be wrong, but it feels like they're pretty clear and empowered about that fact. So yeah. they've, did, did you bring it up with them or did they ask you like, what's the situation here? I feel like it sort of relates back to the preschool that our kids went to, that they, um, again, sort of empowered us to take charge of the story and be really clear about it. Um, And I think that I definitely had some feelings of confusion or even shame about, like, our family structure and that having um, these teachers, you know, be really validating of our family and... Uh, that's very helpful because we had um we had another friend whose her kid was asking about our family Mm -hmm. and so our friend was like um you guys got to tell oscar soon because our kid is asking about it so we want you you bet it'd be better if you talk to oscar rather than my kid talks to oscar like let's sort this out it's a good friend how old was oscar is about four. four okay and i mean he was clear on who his family is really super clear um, but like, how did our family come to be? And I remember meeting with the preschool director being like, okay, what do we do? Like, it felt so big and onerous. And I, and then maybe this relates to some part of like shame that I didn't know I, or guilt or something like, oh, he doesn't have a dad or, um, but she, her advice was just really simple. Like be clear, do not be apologetic yeah. and keep it short. You know, like that it's, it's in very our family, we're so lucky, we, you know. We don't, you know, take sperm and an egg to make a child. We don't have sperm. So we basically went to a sperm store and got some. Yeah. And we're so lucky we have you. You know, like there's not, it doesn't yeah. have to be kind of more complicated than that. And yeah. so right. like really thinking about it at age appropriate levels. Not to answer questions he hasn't asked. Sure. For our own benefit. That's a good point. Thanks, mm-hmm. science boy. Yeah. Welcome to the world. Yeah. So I, for me, I, I was not particularly close with my dad. Um, and he was, you know, alive and around and, uh, he was a part of my life, but we just always had a distance between us. Um, uh, just very, very different. Um, and so like there was something 
of that I was aware of that I wasn't getting, you know, because I could see my buddies with their dads, and and so that like the loss of that relationship was acute to me because I I could see my dad; he was right there, but we just didn't connect. So like, if you don't have one, you don't necessarily miss it. You know what I mean? Like that 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 his the idea of the father isn't necessarily something that he's a sense that he's has to miss you know what i mean like it uh or that mm-hmm. both of your kids they don't they don't have to worry about um their dad not being a part of their lives mm-hmm. you know it's just not um i don't know if i'm putting this properly but like to me like knowing that my father was was there but i just wasn't on his radar mm-hmm. as someone to hang out with or to identify with that made me feel the loss Ah. So like you know, if you were born without eyes, you wouldn't know that you were missing out on seeing shit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and for him to have come into the world, and, and both of your kids to have come into the world without that, um, almost like the pressure of a father. You know, mm-hmm. that seems like kind of an almost liberating thing. That like you were brought into this world by two people who loved you, mm-hmm. and used science, and you know, uh, made these smart choices to make you. It wasn't an accident. You weren't like that fourth kid. So my, my parents did not think this shit through. There's two of us every 10 years. Like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I love you, Mom, but it was fucking nuts. But, uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's, seriously, my, my brother is like 50, and my youngest sister is 24 or 5 or something like that. Like, it's not well thought out by any stretch of the imagination. They loved us. It was great, but I'm rambling. Thanks for the coffee, by the way. Uh, yeah. But the, so what I, the point that I'm getting at is that, like, you were saying you had to kind of work through some shame and maybe some like figuring out what your family is and what expectations when really the, the, the reality of it is that it is so intentional and it's so well thought out and crafted. It's like a gift to a child and to, that, to build that for them. That we don't have to fall into the gender stereotype roles yeah. that, um, or the parental stereotypes. Like yeah. I work, I was the one who gave birth to them. And I'm the one who works full time in mm-hmm. our family. Ellie, you know, like sort of the, what is the, I don't know, traditional mom or dad roles. Like we're a mix of all of them, yeah. you know, like a little more freedom. You know, almost. So like so Ellie like... is more of the handy person who does more of the projects with them. Yeah. But I do some other kinds of projects, but she, Ellie also does all the cooking, you know? So there's like, it's not just following a formula of shared. who you have to be. Yeah. 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 And it sounds shared and, and like I said, intentional and, and well thought out and crafted, which I think uh, straight parents could take some notes on that. You know, mm-hmm. like you've heard about CRISPR and all this technology that's coming down the line to sort of manipulate genetics in the future. Yeah. I'm not sure how all that's going to play out, but the fact that there is a bit more intentionality in the idea of making people and making mm-hmm. the future generations of humans like We've learned so much about how to parent and how not to parent and uh, who should not be parents. <laughs> you know, we, we've, uh, I think, as a, as a society and as a culture and as a species, we're getting better at it, I hope. Um, and thanks to people like yourselves and like our friend Peter, who are really thinking about Incredibly this. Incredibly intentionally. Yeah. Gives me we some need hope. need to have a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say I feel like I have two more thoughts, which is that... Um, I remember right after Oscar was born, uh, he was like a week old, and I was walking up by Phoenix Lake um, 
I, think, I don't know if Rajiv was, oh, that was another time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, someone said, oh, how old is your babe? And I said, oh, like, you know, six days old. And she said, oh, good for you. You're out walking. And I was like, no, 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 he's not mine, <laughs> which was such a weird thing. And I meant to explain to the woman that I hadn't given birth to him. But right. then he's that mine, was... but I didn't bake it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it was such a strange impulse on my part to say that. Like, who cares about that random lady? And right. so I feel like that was a moment where I was, Christina was like, he is yours. <laughs> like, he belongs to you. Get it together. Yeah. Get on board. You can only say that maybe once. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, and that also the thing about genetics that's so interesting is that physically, I think Oscar and I resemble each other, which is kind of a funny thing. Um, he and I both have sort of light colored eyes and similar maybe body types and um when he was a baby people would always be like oh because ellie has blue eyes and i have brown eyes and ellie and oscar have these shared big blue eyes Mm -hmm. and people would be like oh he looks so much like ellie you know so anyway sorry what were you so edgy yeah totally (laughs) he's so edgy he he was born with kind of a faux hawk oh really Uh, (laughs) yeah um and then even beyond the sort of fluke of that part, I feel like he and I have a pretty similar temperament, which is sort mm-hmm. of interesting. Um, and I feel like who knows to what extent that's just because of my parenting or whatever, but um, it feels like I have sort of a blood connection to him in a way that's made by my connection to him as having grown up with him. And, Absolutely. Um, and so that's something that's really interesting that I've been thinking about more is feeling like a really strong kind of like subcellular connection to him beyond my affection. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the amazing thing about parenting in general is like loving these people so deeply who are similar and different from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your, imp- in all the, the ways. Imprint. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, now does he, do you feel like this is probably a dumb question, but you know how like, when you have a boy or a girl, it's like, is, is, he, is he a mama's boy or a daddy's boy? Like, is he a mama's or a mommy's boy? Like, <laughs> it's a really good question. Because I feel like, again, we're sort of liberated from that yeah. categorization. Yeah. I'd say he hates us both equally. Yes. <laughs> or yes. loves us both equally, depending on, like, who, the, the you know, it switches off. I wanted mommy to put me to bed. Yeah. But no, 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 you really want mama to put you to bed. <laughs> um, but it switches off. It, it, yeah. So. yeah. And it doesn't feel like that's the case with him. Um, with Eloise, I don't know. Do you feel like there's, I feel like when I'm with her during the day, I spend a lot of time with her cause she has, uh, afternoon preschool that, um, she'll like talk about wanting to spend time with you or where's mommy. And I'm like, you know where mommy is. <laughs> She's at work. Um, or, you know, lamenting your absence. But um, I feel like both of us can comfort them equally. It doesn't feel like, That's cool. you know, if someone gets banged up, that they are seeking out one person one or the, the other. other. And I think it goes to the like um, part about assumptions, too. There's not a, an assumed role or assumed you're the person who does all the cooking, you're the person who does all the dishes right. or whatever. Like there's those things are decided upon, yeah. you know. Sounds like there's maybe a little bit more freedom mm-hmm. within your relationship with your children than... Maybe traditional, quote unquote, mm-hmm. families. I don't know. Yeah, it feels just from like, listening. Feels like we're both able to be pretty close to them, and I don't know if that's just by virtue of us both being women that the emotional connection might be stronger, Could speculatively. Be. But um, I mean, it feels like I hear from other dads that they feel a little distance, for mm. better or worse, from their kids. That, well, hmm. 
And the reason I'd asked you earlier, uh, one of the reasons, if if I'd loaned you that copy of Sex at Dawn, mm-hmm. that in that book they ex- he explores um, sort of you know like sexual prehistory and questions the the uh, the premise that the nuclear family is the way that humans are supposed to be. That you know there's a monogamous couple with their kids and in our evolutionary pasts and in still in hunter-gatherer societies, paternal uncertainty is mm. pretty uh, common. You know, there's some cultures where it's like, it takes one man to plant the seed, one man to stir the pot. One, so mm. they don't know exactly who the dad is and the community as a whole will raise uh, uh, the children. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost doesn't matter who the genetic father is or who the genetic mother is. Everyone's there to look after Kids, so I think, in the majority of human history, that's how it's been. So that there's a imprint in our, whatever epigenetics or our, our, the way we behave as human beings, that having like that, you're my mom and you're my dad is less important than we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just from a, our behavioral standpoint, our psychological standpoint. I think it's just if there are people around who love us and support us and listen to us and care about whether or not we eat. And where we poop, then then we're all right. And I think you guys do a very good job of separating poop and food in this house. <laughs> nice. I were to say, good job at that. Uh, we do uh, what we can. Yeah, I've not noticed any of those two things being in the wrong place here. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. But I just, you know, I, I think we we may, as people, put too much emphasis on, you know, a nuclear family or or whatever, you know mom and dad are this and mommy and mommy are that. I think so long as people are looked after and cared for, it works out, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're nuts. All of us, like there's no making perfect kids, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are clearly the exception, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Tiffany and I, um, and whoever else is on the other side of that microphone is clearly perfect, but, mm-hmm. um, there's no, uh, there's no making perfect people. So at least you guys are trying and you care enough to do it on purpose, which mm-hmm. is uh, amazing to me. Yeah, it feels like the the part about sort of committing to loving them and like how important it is to both of us. I mean, I think that sort of drove some of our decisions too in terms of why I stayed at home, um, that it was really important to me to be connected to them. And um, I think we're both really on the same page in terms of our parenting values also, which isn't always the case. <laughs> But um, it feels like we both sort of follow the same guidelines and have the same instincts, more or less, about um, how to help them, how to respond to tantrums or, you know, whatever. So, children are wonderful. <laughs> and Yours sometimes are crazy. Definitely yeah. wonderful. <laughs> we're, we're they just... are. Very glad we got to meet them. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree with all of that. <laughs> they're wonderful. They're a little crazy. And yeah, they need to be listened to. I mean, it, it or to have a real relationship with them to be able to, they're competent and capable little beings. And so how do we respect what they're trying to tell us yeah. and how, you know, and so that then they can respect what we are trying to um, impart to them too. Yeah. yeah. Without being authoritarian. Yeah. Right. You're trusting the work that you're doing is working. You know what I mean? Like you've you've laid down some ground rules and, and put out some things and you're watching it come back to you in the form of a little girl who's making bracelets for her buddies. Yeah. How cool is that? Like 
that you made a little person and now they're like making stuff for someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. It feels like one thing I think is kind of amazing, this preschool again that really was transformative for us. One of the exercises they have families do is to come up with a list of family values. So, mm-hmm. you know, a list of, you know, it can be short, like four things or longer. Um, and then using those as kind of uh, a mission statement when making choices about, you know, how do you want to spend your resources or how do we want to react to a situation? Um, and uh, one of our friends who um, had the son who was asking questions about Oscar's family, uh, they have like a really clear and as befits them kind of intense mission statement. Do you remember all of theirs? I know what their values are. Yeah, but that's like- what I mean risk-taking, kindness, and making things. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's the other family's values. I'm like, I have theirs memorized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sounds that, like our family values. Yeah. Um, that my friend, I feel like, sometimes jokes that, you know, you put all this work into parenting, and there are moments when your kids are just kind of like assholes. And you're yeah. like, yeah. I spent a lot of time you know, setting the groundwork and like the foundation and talking about values and living my values. And sometimes it just comes out sideways and the other times it's awesome. And I think you just have to trust that, uh, ultimately they'll come out people who are empowered and strong and able to love. Mm-hmm. The question I love that the preschool director asks is about values is how are your values made evident by your actions? Mm. So as a parent, you know, you could say, oh, be kind, do this. You know, you can talk a lot about whatever, blah, 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 value. Like, in our family, we care about other people. But that kind of matters, but not really. But what really matters is how your kids see you doing those yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turns out that's also true for grownups, too. You know, yeah. like, how are your values made evident by your actions is such a... It seems so obvious, but also clarifying to me mm-hmm. about, like, okay, what are we doing? What are the... How is this made evident? Yeah. yeah What's the doing really behind important. it all? Yeah. yeah. And it's something that's not just for the children in the preschool. It's for yeah. the the parents as well. I like how they're incorporating everything because I feel like, you know, some schools don't. It's just focused on the children and it whatever is done at school is done at school. And, you know, the family life is kind of sort of separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like this preschool is like, nope, you're coming in with us. Yeah, you know, it's a parent participation yeah. preschool. They're you're really enrolled. about child development. Oh, I learned a lot in preschool. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And they have something, again, to talk about the school. It's called Cow Hollow School in the Cow Presidio. Um, but uh, family culture share is another part where um, during the school year, you sign up for a week and you come in with your, so your child's in the classroom and you can bring however many family members you want, but you come into the classroom and then you talk about activities that are special for your family. So for some people, there might be a ethnic or religious component for other people. It might be more about, you know, creativity or certain values. Um, you share those things with the class so they can see your family and see what's important to you. And then, Typically, there's like an activity that happens. So I remember for Oscar, when he was like a tiny guy, like when he was three, is that right? Mm -hmm. In the nest that Christine and I came in and he kind of um, air guitared slash played his ukulele and sang to a Gillian Welch song with Christina. I want to do right, but not right now, which is amazing for a three-year-old to sing because it is so true. true. They (laughs) want to do right, but not right now. Not right now. I got to knock some shit over. (laughs) Totally. He's running around with a rag top down. 
says I want to do right but not right now I'm gonna drive to Atlanta and live out this fantasy running around with a rag top down yeah I want to do right but not but I feel like that's a, another part of the preschool where like, we are coming in as a gay family and we talk about that and we're very clear about our names, but like the kids don't, they don't get hung up on the political baggage of it, but yeah. it's nice to be that's visible refreshing. and just be like, this is our family. Yeah. And a lot of times people will be like, where's your dad? And again, the preschool is sort of like, I think empowered me to feel like we don't have a dad in our family and that's cool and to not, you know, feel compelled to explain right. it yeah just yeah. leave it like that exactly <laughs> although weirdly one kid during Eloise's family culture share was like when someone asked where's the dad and he was this girl said he died <laughs> <laughs> about our family yeah and I was like that's not true <laughs> just for the record <laughs> that's awesome. wow anyways yeah <laughs> Says I want to do right, but not right Thank you. Um, is there anything else you wanted to tell anybody about the experience or anything that we've not asked you that we probably should have? Do you have anything else, Ellie? I, being a mom is something that is way more fun than I thought it would be and mm-hmm. way harder, but in a really good way. Yeah. Sounds. I appreciate that. Terrifying. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. But rad. Yeah. Yeah, I think of it like the, you know, I guess I had idealized in some way, and my mom, my mom is rad, but the, the kind of day in and day outness of it is, it's like a marathon, and eh, in a way that's though, that is the most kind of meaningful marathon Mm -hmm. for us anyway. I was just thinking about how many times we have to be like, Put underpants on, brush your teeth, (laughs) don't do that, like over and over and over again every single day, but it's true. And then there's like so many little moments in between that are amazing when someone gets to, you know, show moments of grace or kindness and Mm -hmm. silliness. Yeah, that's the one thing about not having children that I think um, I deal with like existential dread and like... uh, that, you know, the pointlessness of things and like how many fucking chicken sandwiches are we going to have to eat in this life? And like, <laughs> I mean, just how many times am I going to have to put my underwear on yeah. and like just do a thing and like, what's the point? I'm just going to be dead someday. And like, I could really, but having some children in there where you're like, you know, we're making some good people. We're going to make good choices and deliver happiness and share this experience throughout the world. Like you don't have to sweat like how many pounds of poop you're going to produce in your life and what's the point of it all. And 
I feel like I, you can sweat in the opposite direction though. Like yeah. how many more things am I going to worry about? Like oh, one God. friend, when I told one of my friends that I was pregnant, she was like, Oh, you'll never have a life without worry again. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. So, yeah, exactly. So yes. Yeah. I need yes more friends, to so the chick. I mean, now you're like worried about somebody else's chicken sandwiches. Yeah. You yeah. know, of, and if, and if, you know, they've gone poop today. And if they yeah, haven't, yeah. then why haven't they? What's oh, going gosh, on? gosh, there yeah. was a lot of time when I was just Googling poop. Like, why is Oscar's poop green? Anyway. Yeah. So. always. <laughs> That's the second time green poop has come up it's on this intense. podcast. It's intense. When it happens, you're like, what is going on? Oh, yeah. def- I'm definitely doing something wrong yeah. as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> or something right. Yeah. But I think that... Um, I feel like there are not many moments when I'm like, I'm doing this because I'm raising good people for the good of the world. It's much more like you're in the moment and you're like sure, dealing with it. Sure. And, um, that's kind of a gift too, you know, that you're don't get too much. I mean, that might say something about me as a person. I'm like, just be in the moment. Don't plan. Just yeah. roll with it. <laughs> yeah. I can see Christina's face. Like, yep. Yep. That's, that's my true. baby. Opposites attract. Well, guys, thank you so much for letting us hang out in your house yes. and ask you personal questions. Um, Very early on the Saturday morning. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I am highly encouraged, just for one, by your kids because they are cool mm-hmm. and sweet, and just I don't know. It's it is encouraging to see that. Um, not that other generations of kids haven't been cool <laughs> and sweet, but this one is particularly so. Yeah, um, I agree. And even though our dog has tried to feast on. <laughs> the flesh of your children uh you know we we wish them the very very best thanks guys all healed nicely yes and arnica gel is a revelation it's changed my life great yes arnica is the best we'll be expecting a check from arnica soon arnica 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 yeah all right hit and stop love you guys thanks Whoa, you made it. Thanks for listening all the way to the very end. I hope you enjoyed that as much as Tiffany did, because you ought to see her right now. She looks amazing. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's about right. So uh, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. uh, You're making this possible. Even by just being a listener, it helps. If you're writing reviews for us on iTunes, huge help. Huge. You can go in on your own iTunes account, Leave us a review, five stars uh, only, please, because all the rest of it's just, uh, that's fake. So five-star reviews, saying nice things about us. Uh, and if you have critical things to say about us, send us an email, mtp.dog. You can go to uh, contact and say something. We're listening. Uh, also, you can find us on Instagram at... Monkey Tooth Podcast. Or on Facebook at... Monkey Tooth Podcast. Or on Patreon... Monkey Tooth Podcast. Or GoFundMe. Monkey Tooth Podcast. All that stuff helps. I can't even tell you how much because, you know, we've saved money for this trip, but uh, it looks like we're going to need more because, you know, uh, we're driving an expensive to repair van and it is wanting attention. Okay. uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. 
for showing your love and support, for sharing our podcast, for all of your ideas and suggestions. Keep them coming, coming, coming. And, oh, yes. We love you guys. Speaking of love and suggestions, if you are a musician or know someone who is, would like to put music on our podcast, I'd love to have it on there provided, A, I don't have to pay for it, B, it doesn't suck. So, send it on in. Send it on over. We're all ears, okay? All right. Love you. Bye-bye. Peace.